everyone, and we're the DGens, and we talk NFL football. I have Brad and Mario in the house, and we're ready to talk NFL Week 5. And looking back at Week 5, what's the one thing we learned? We'll start with Mario first. All right, so there were a lot of really good games, but uh, I think my one thing that I learned slash the thing that surprised me the most was how bad the Raiders looked. Um, they looked good to start the year, right? And then this past week, they just – it's like they didn't even show up against the Bears. Um, and, I mean, looking back now, maybe maybe it was some of the locker room drama that they had, but, man, maybe they're not as good as we thought. So that that's my one big takeaway from last week. All right, Brad, how moving are you? on to Brad. I know you were about to start. What, Brad, what do you think about the last weekend? All right, you know, after watching a whole bunch of games, I've come to the conclusion that the Detroit Lions might be the most entertaining team in football, at least for the last five minutes of each of their games. They just find a new way every single week to blow it. And uh, I feel so bad for the team, for Dan Campbell especially, but it's very entertaining to watch. It was heartbreaking to see him cry last week. It was. Shows shows what he's put into the Lions. But one thing I learned – from week five was that the Chiefs, they're struggling to get the ball to Travis Kelsey this season. Um, you know, and, and not just that, their offense in general, I feel like it's not ticking the way we're, we're used to seeing it ticking. You know, like when Patrick Mahomes is playing well, we see all these sort of like shovel passes, like underarm throws, and of course the run game. But we're not seeing enough of that. They put up 20 points against the Bills, but they were... They they didn't get crucial third down conversions, they couldn't get anything offensively right, especially in the second half. So that's one thing I learned. Big concern for the Chiefs. We'll see if All they right. can turn it around this week. Yep. And now moving forward to Week Six, let, let's look at some preview of the the games coming in Week Six. We start off with the the Eagles playing against the Bucks. Um, that's at 7 o'clock on Thursday. Now, Mario, the first thing I want to ask you is Eagles offense. How much can they muster up against this Bucks defense? You know, um, one of the notes that I made before we talked about this game was that the over is set at 52.5, which is a pretty high over, but I think it's going to hit. Um I still don't know what I think about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense, but one thing I know is that the Buccaneers secondary is injured right now. And so I think that the Eagles are going to put up some decent points. Do I think that they'll keep up with the Bucs? No, but I think it'll be a a bit of a shootout. I I think so too. I think – with the way the Bucks offense is ticking along nicely, the run game, uh, and of course the air game, Tom Brady like throwing for multiple touchdowns uh, against Miami last week. But what I'm really interested to see this week is is how the Philly defense sort of tries and come comes up against that Bucks offense, and that's going to be the key. I mean, they gave up 42 points against the Chiefs, and uh, they but but then they go to Carolina and give up only 18 and win the game. Like Mitch, I I don't know about you, but I think that's some that's some positivity that you can take into this game. Yeah, man, I'm I'm hundred percent with you on that. Um, 
but you know, for those of us on the East Coast, uh, the game starts at eight, not at seven. So, uh, <laughs> hey, for those of, for there. those of us in Mountain Time, the game's at six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, we're we're all over the place, but you know, it's not gonna be all over the place. The Bucks offense, you know, Tom Brady, he's just way too solid. You know, he's my fantasy quarterback. We're gonna have another big week in fantasy. Uh, what's my prediction? All right, and they put up forty-five points last week. Did the Bucks? And the Philly defense held sturd, but only one of them can come through with shining colors this weekend. So I'm going to ask for predictions, starting off with Mario. You know, um, one thing I've noticed about the Eagles this year is they've played well against teams that play more defensively. True. And they've not been able to keep up with the high-powered offenses. They've gotten blown out by both the Chiefs and the Cowboys. And they've kept up with other teams like the Panthers. The Bucks are a high-scoring team like the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Give me the over and give me the Bucks minus the seven. Solid. Brad, what do you think about that? I agree. Bucks are going to win big. Yeah, I, I, I must concur with you, fellow gentlemen. Um, I think the Bucks are for sure going to put up 30-plus uh, and I think the over is going to hit as well. That's a pretty low over, honestly. Um, and it, and the way Tom Brady is playing right now, uh, I could honestly see the Bucks themselves putting up like 40, 45 of those 52 points or whatever to hit the over. So as we're all in unison on that game, let's move on to the London game. It is the Jaguars against the Dolphins. Now, I don't know what to make of the, the Dolphins. Um, very interesting team. Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is questionable. But what can Jacksonville do to this Miami defense, Mario? Like, is this a sort of... This is a sort of game that Jacksonville could win. Uh, I think you're thinking of uh, Jacoby Brissett there, buddy. Right. Not Teddy That's Bridgewater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, first off, uh, we love sending exciting games over to our uh, British friends across the pond. <laughs> <laughs> Combined one and nine. Exciting. Um, yeah, Miami is a three and a half point favorite last I saw, um, Brissette being questionable definitely plays into that. And I could see that line changing. Jaguars are obviously still dealing with, uh, Urban Meyer and his issues. And that organization in general is just kind of a mess at the moment, but I, I do think Trevor Lawrence has been getting better. I don't think he's good yet but he's been getting better. And I think this is a game that honestly, I could just see Trevor Lawrence, like to spite everything urban Meyer has been doing from throwing him under the bus to just making the Jaguars a media headline right now. I, I could see Trevor Lawrence coming out, having a big game to try to silence some of the haters. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it against the dolphins. Right. I, I, I agree. And, and, both teams got blown out last weekend by Tennessee and the Buccaneers, respectively. But I do think that this Miami offense, they have they have some firepower there. And and as you said, Jacksonville, like, you know, Trevor Lawrence with a point to prove that, hey, look, the attention's on me on the field, not what's happening with Urban Meyer off it. Um, and I think, you know, once they, you know, when you play in London, anything can happen. And, and Brad, you, you know that we saw, like, the Jets almost pulled off um something special last week. Uh, yeah, so you never know. 
Yeah, man, the only thing worse than this matchup might be a typical rainy day in England. So (laughs) I I think the best thing that you can possibly do is have a couple extra drinks out of the bar on Saturday night and uh, set your alarm clock back a couple hours. Just forget about it. (laughs) For those of you on the East Coast, it starts at 9.30 in the morning. Oh, man. But, you know, as much as I love, like, a full day of football, like, that's not the game to start you off, especially if Jacoby Brissett is injured um, and and isn't able to play in that one. And with Tua on the IR, although I'm hearing that he might be able to come out of IR pretty soon. I don't know if it'll be this week, though. No, not this week. Yep. And that's not good news for them. But moving on, it is the NFC North matchup on Sunday at Soldier Field between the Bears and the Packers. Mario, uh, is this a false litmus test? I, I th- For some reason, I do think it is. I know the Bears have been playing good offense recently, but I think it's like a false positive in some ways. And they're about to be brought back down to earth by the Packers. You know, I've been going back and forth about this game a lot. Um, the the Bears, like I said, I, I, I still don't know what to think about them. Um, their defense has been coming together. Their offense is starting to look like a competent offense. Um, but at the end of the day, man, it's it's Aaron Rodgers, who, granted, the Packers, I don't think, are the powerhouse that they used to be, but it's still Aaron Rodgers against the Bears. Um, the Bears have a lot to figure out still. I don't know. What are, what are your guys' takes? Brad? I don't know. I'm looking at this game. It's one of the most intriguing matchups to me this week because – are the Packers as good as their record says? Are the Bears actually any good? Or did they just get a couple lucky wins? Um, I don't know. I'm curious. I think a lot depends on Justin Fields and the the offense of the Bears. Because I think the Packers are going to score some points. Chicago's defense been doing well the last few weeks. But I don't think they're holding Green Bay to under 24 points. So I think it's up to the Bears' offense to go out there and win them a game. And I just don't think they can do it. I think yep. I think there's quietly a lot of pressure on Damian Williams taking over. I mean, I know he played for David Montgomery last week, but this week especially, I think there's a lot of pressure on him as well as Justin Fields, obviously, to uh to really come through and put up some points because the Packers' defense I don't think is all that good, but the you know they're going to put up points. I would agree. Yeah, and and you know we've been talking about. The, the Chicago offense and how important that would be. But they'll be without David Montgomery, the running back, who's been pretty good recently for the Bears. So that's definitely advantage Green Bay. And, and Aaron Rodgers, the way he's been throwing it to Devontae Adams, I could really see them having a field day at Soldier Field. Um, and, and Randall Cobb's making a comeback. Yeah, exactly. He had, a, he had a touchdown against the Steelers uh, recently as well. And you never know, like, Oh my god, even Emmanuel Sanders for the the Bills is making comeback after that season last year against with the Saints. So you never know with that. But again, I mean this game I, I it looks straightforward. I agree with you well, Mario with what you said earlier. Like it looks straightforward, but it may not end up being that straightforward. Uh we'll see. It's a, it's a matchup. Before we move on to the next game, I've got one more note that I made earlier today. In their last four matchups between the Bears and the Packers, the Packers have won by seven or more all four times. So do with that information what you will. The Packers are favored by four and a half here. 
just throwing that out there. Would you bet against that happening? <laughs> against <laughs> uh, I don't know that you bet against Aaron Rodgers. Week one, Aaron Rodgers. And week two and onwards, Aaron Rodgers are two different things this year. But moving on to their rivals, other rivals in the NFC North, it's Detroit at home against Cincinnati. Again, well, this is a game where, you know, we were talking about earlier the sort of emotion in the Detroit camp. And and Mario, do you think there's a way of them making that emotion count on the field because they're 0-5? You know, I, I don't know that I'd call these teams rivals other than maybe the rivals because they're always two of the worst teams in the league. I mean, except for the Bengals this year who ha- are, have a winning record. So shout out to them. Um, but yeah, no, I – this game's interesting to me because the Lions are 0-5. But like I said, I think they're better than what the record has shown. And the Bengals are three-and-a-half-point favorites, which to me is kind of a trap line. Because if the Bengals were three-point favorites, I think I would take the Bengals minus three. But since they're three-and-a-half-point favorites, I think if I had to bet on this game, I would go the Lions plus three-and-a-half because – of the Bengals' five games this year, four of them have been decided by three points or less. Yeah. And the Lions have been holding their own, too. They've had some backdoor covers. So I, I think the Bengals are the better team, but just knowing Cincinnati, this is a game that I can see them losing. Yeah, Brad, and you remember the Jacksonville game that the Bengals played at home, and they nearly blew that one. Oh, yeah. It's time to grab your popcorn. It's going to be another close game. I think this is the perfect time of the year that Cincy fans are just going to have their hearts completely ripped out because, like the Bengals always do, they can't look good forever. Yep, that's true. Although, one thing I that one thing I am really like excited to see so far from the from Bengals' perspective is the, the partnership between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and, and what a season he's having. So, Bengals fans, if there's one thing to look out for, it's that um, against Detroit. And that's actually that's actually a bet that I have for this week. Oh, I really? think I, I haven't made the bet, but you know, I'm I'm trying to be a responsible gambler. But for those of you that are <laughs> maybe bet a little bit more often, Jamar Chase anytime touchdown scorer. He has five touchdowns this game and five five touchdowns this season and five games. So I think he could be primed up for another, especially against the Lions secondary. Yeah, he's been a big weapon for Joey B in the Bengals. But we'll move on. About 90 miles west of Cincinnati, the Colts, you know, I don't – the Colts against the, the Texans, another division matchup here. But, uh, again, the Colts, they're sort of like in the same boat as the Lions in my opinion – not in the way they're performing, but in the way the results have been. They're one and four. They should have beaten Baltimore. Nobody goes up twenty-two to three heading into the fourth quarter, late third quarter, and give that up. Um, obviously, their kicker had an issue. But Mario, how much of a how much of a posit- positive is the way Car- Carson Wentz has been playing recently for the Colts? No, I completely agree with you. Um, 
I think the Colts are a much better team than what the record shows. I don't think that they're a playoff team. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but they're, they're decent. I, I could see them finishing around 500. Um, I will say the Colts are favored. I've seen it change between nine and a half and 10 points. I, I, I don't like that. That's a lot of points to cover for a team that's one and four. So I, I think the Colts will win this game, but I, I don't think it'll necessarily be a dominant performance by them. But like I said, I do think that they're better than the record shows. I agree. And Brad, we saw the way the Texans were shut out against the Bills, but then they almost win against the Patriots. Yeah, and, and I think that game just goes to show you more so how good the Bills are this year versus anything about the Texans. I mean, right now, both teams are sitting tied for second place at one and four in the AFC South. Um, the AFC South is terrible. It's really. so bad. Like, the Titans are three and two. They might not even be any good. But these two teams are looking at each other, and I think whoever wins this game has a real legitimate shot at making the playoffs, rivaling the Titans for it. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm just not sure. I'm still waiting for the Texans' wheels to fall off because, you know, talk going into the season was how, you know, historically bad they would be. And they've been slightly better than expected at, at one and four. But I don't know. I'm just not liking the feeling and the vibes around this game. Hey, I do, I do think that the Texans would be better if Tyrod Taylor had not gotten hurt. I think the Texans beat the Browns in week two had Tyrod Taylor not gotten hurt. I think that is a big, big loss. Yep, and 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 agreed. And it's big pressure on the the rookie quarterback for them as well. And with all that's going on off the field with Deshaun Watson and rumors of him going to potentially Miami, like it's 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 surprising that the Texans have even stayed as a an organization like together in this moment. So <laughs> you, not you never know. And and Dar- uh, Dar- Mario, to what you said earlier. It seems like the Colts, if they do win out, which is highly unlikely, but if they do try and get to like a 500 or 600, you know, they could be in for a wild card spot. You never know. Uh, I, with the way that <laughs> the rest of that division is playing. Yeah, I mean, I think the AFC South is only going to have one team in the playoffs, but I could see that team being right around 500. Yeah like the NFC East normally every year. <laughs> exactly. And speaking of the NFC East, we're going to talk about the New York Giants. Um, of course, they're playing the Rams. The Rams won at Seattle. The Giants got absolutely destroyed in Dallas. Um, and Mario, I honestly see only one w- winner in this game. Although we've seen the Giants do the impossible and beat the Saints. So, Keeping that in mind, but keeping also in mind the fact that they had Danny Dimes playing that game, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I I think Danny Dimes is really the glue that's barely holding the Giants together at this point. Um, I I don't think they stand much chance in this game. I think the Rams are really good. Um, I, I had them in my preseason prediction as potential NFC favorites to, to go to the Super Bowl, the Rams, that is, and... Uh, I just don't see how the Giants possibly make this a game this week. Um, Stafford's doing a better job of spreading the ball around to not just Cooper Cup every play. Um, yeah, I just I I, re- I realized the Rams lost two weeks ago. 
And realistically, I think they would have lost against the Seahawks too had Russell Wilson not gotten hurt. But yeah, I just I, I don't see the Giants making this any sort of contest. And Brad, the 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 Rams running game with Daryl Henderson, and of course that. But what is in spotlight was the the sort of finger injury or hand injury to Matthew Stafford. He's supposed to be okay for this game, but. How good has has that Rams defense sort of lived up to expectations? I don't think so. What do you think? Oh, I have to think about that one for a minute. But I'm just not seeing the Giants doing anything. I think their defense holds key for this game. Um, but into the future, I think it could be a little more skeptical for what has historically or over the last couple of years here been a pretty good defense. So I've been a bit disappointed with them that way, but – they're, you know, walking into the Giants game, riding high right now, uh, feeling good about themselves. And I think they come out with another big win. It's time for them to really step up and show that they're a better team than they put on tape. Agreed. And what bo- bo- what both of you said, I think the Rams, def- the, the defense, you know, if they do get back up to a top five defense, then they're going to be pretty, pretty good in the playoffs, especially with Stafford and how how much better he's made this this offense and the understanding between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, um, their two main weapons. Um, this is this is not. I don't think we all don't think there's going to be much of a game, but you never know in the NFL. Um, and speaking of you never know, it's the Washington football team against the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, you never know, the Washington football team could spring a surprise this weekend, and overturn the Chiefs. And the reason why I say that, um, Mario, is that the Chiefs, this, I don't know what's going on. They've had so many off-field troubles. You know, Andy Reid, you know, his son's news has been sort of affecting uh, what happens around the team. Now, Edwards Alaire's injured. Uh, Tyreek Hill is questionable for this game. How big of an impact is that? Yeah, I... I don't know how much – I don't think it's going to impact their offense a whole lot, to be honest. Um, if you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, it doesn't really matter what weapons he has around him. Um, especially they, they've got Josh Gordon now who I, – I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of rooting for the guy just because of everything he's been through. Um, but I, I tell you what, the Chiefs' defense is atrocious – and the Chiefs and the football team are both coming in with the two and three record to this game. Um, just a couple stat fun fun stats for you. The Chiefs' offense is currently averaging thirty one points a game and four hundred and twenty six yards per game. Their defense is giving up thirty three points a game and four hundred and fifty yards a game. Wow! So it's night and day the difference from the previous couple years chiefs to this year's chiefs. So, and, and I mean, Ta- Taylor Heineke, he's, he showed some, some flashes of being all right. So, um, I don't know. I think this might be a more interesting game than people think. I I agree. Uh, and th- those stats are just astonishing. Not just how good the offense has been, uh, but that defense needs a lot of work. And Brad, to be honest with you, like, with uh, Antonio Gibson, could he be a threat for the Washington football team? You know, uh, obviously Terry McLaurin. And, you know, the Bills didn't do much of it, like exploit the 
sort of soft run defense that the Chiefs have. But how much do you think that might come in handy for the Washington football team this week? I think it could come in very handy. Uh, I'm looking at this game, and I'll actually have a uh, a bet on this later on. I think it's going to be a really interesting game, and I think Washington could make a lot of waves in the NFL this week if they come out or with a win or even play decently. Um, you know, Terry McLaurin and Gibson, I think they both could go off for your big days. Um, we saw the the catch that Terry had, what was that, last week or a couple weeks ago. He just seems to do something incredible every single week. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he has another big highlight day coming out of this one. Yep, and that game is at FedEx Field, so Washington are at home. But moving on again to another uh, you know, interesting matchup, but I wouldn't say one that's going to be as high scoring as we think the previous one was going to be. Um, it's in Charlotte. It's the Panthers against the Vikings. Now, I don't know what to make of Minnesota, Mario. Like, seriously, I, I think their games where Kirk Cousins comes out firing, you know, they, they beat Seattle. They put up good points against him. He finds Jefferson and Thielen, uh, like, he even if he's blindfolded. And then there's games like the game against Cleveland where they struggle to have any rhythm. Dalvin Cook was out last week. There's so much moving pieces in that Minnesota offense and they're not really known for their like high-flying offense. But what can they do at Carolina this week and a Carolina that's lost? I, I think they can they can make some waves. Um yeah, so <laughs> this was like highlighted for me as one of the most interesting games of the week. Uh, I don't know how flashy or like entertaining it's gonna be to watch, but like the Vikings are a one to one and a half point favorite. And I I would say both of these teams have been pretty disappointing this year for like what they were projected to be. Um, Kirk Cousins at times has looked like league MVP and other times he's looked like classic Kirk Cousins. Jameis um, last year. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> turning the ball over a lot. But um, I, guess, I guess Kirk Cousins hasn't turned it over a ton this year. But it's just, they make every game close for no reason. And <laughs> I, I don't know. It, but I feel like Carolina has too. They blew the lead against Philadelphia last week. Um, yeah. And so I think the question, there's two, I think, major question. No, three major questions we're going to have this week. Between the two teams, both of their star running backs are questionable. Are either one of them or both of them going to play? Yep. And then my other two questions are which Kirk Cousins are we going to get and which Sam Darnold are we going to get? And I think that's going to determine who wins this game because both teams are so up and down right now. I agree. And, and you know, as you said, Mario, like each quarterback has their favorite targets. DJ Moore for Sam Darnold and, you know, Justin Jefferson and third down Thielen, uh, if you want to call it that. But Brad, the one thing I will say is I agree. Like the the run game is not going to be as prominent for the Panthers, especially. But for the Minnesota, they have Madison, is who's a decent sort of backup, if you want to call him that, because he's very good. And how much do you see Sam Darnold using his feet in this game? He might have to. Yeah, I I think he could a lot. Does Sam Darnold still hold the the league lead in rushing touchdowns? Oh. 
He had it coming. He in the did last as of last week. I don't know if anybody passed of this in week five. Josh yeah. Allen had a rushing touchdown. I don't know. Yeah. If... I'm not sure about that one, but I think Sam Darnold could definitely um, carry the ball a little bit more. I'm really hoping Christian McCaffrey's back. That'd be a huge boost to my fantasy team. <laughs> I'm praying for that. It's been a rough couple of weeks here that he's been out. But the like you guys said, the big takeaway that I have looking into this game is which quarterback is going to play, you know, well, I guess is the the way I would put it, because they are so up and down. You know, are we going to get the Sam Darnold from the first couple of weeks of the season? Or are we going to get the Sam Darnold from last week? Um, same thing with Kirk Cousins. Are we going to get the guy who's looked great this season for most of the time? Or are we going to get the one who's throwing terrible passes and making poor decisions um, from the last couple of years? So for me, that's a big takeaway. And then the running backs, once again, huge point. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I can't really say a whole lot on which team I think is going to win. I think it's going to come down to the last five minutes, though, for sure. Brad, I just looked it up. Um, So Sam Darnold still has his five rushing touchdowns. Derrick Henry passed him this week. He's got seven, Um, as well as James Conner, Zeke, uh, Kareem Hunt, they all have five as well. Um, Derrick Henry is just unfair. <laughs> yeah, right? I, know, well, I know. It looks like uh, Darnold carries, though. Yeah, and I will say one of the bets that I am, again, slightly recommending to anybody listening would be a Sam Darnold anytime rushing touchdown. Uh, I could see this as a game that just, I don't know, just some, some sloppy, hard-nosed football and – uh, Sam Darnold might end up running one in. Agreed, Mario and Brad. With what you both said, I think, especially you know the sort of games that the Vikings have been having these low-scoring games, and um, you know the fourteen-seven against Cleveland, for instance. I I just think, as, as you said, it's going to come down to the last few minutes. Speaking of coming down to the last few minutes, Baltimore, uh, they're they're at home again. And boy, do they enjoy being at home this season. Uh, And they're against the Chargers. Now, the Chargers' defense definitely looks good this season. Much better than recent times. Although they did give up 42 points against the Browns in a shootout. But Baltimore. There was a lot of resilience in that team uh, on Monday night when they played the Colts. Um, But, but Mario, I want to ask you, how much was that... the Colts just for for feeding the lead, and how much was it like Lamar and company just being brilliant? Uh, I, I think I've got two notes there. One, the Colts blew it straight up. They blew it. They you should never lose whenever you take a, just an outstanding lead like that. But I will say, Lamar Jackson threw the ball incredibly last week. Um, Granted, a lot of his receivers were wide open because the Indianapolis secondary is paper thin. But he threw the ball well, nonetheless. He threw for over 400 yards. And, I mean, uh, unfortunately, uh, for me at least, the the Ravens won. But I think it was a mix of the both. Lamar Jackson looked really good, and the Colts fell apart kind of like like I said, the Colts, I don't think, are a playoff team. <laughs> so they kind of <laughs> fell apart like expected. Yeah, they failed the test on this one. But, Brad, um, what about that Chargers offense against Cleveland? And how much of that can they replicate? You know, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Herbert himself, um, huge plays in that game, and Williams, of course. 
Um, do you think that defense can also get stops as much as the offense does the work and try and get a W in Baltimore? I think that defense can get enough stops to get it done against Baltimore. I don't think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, what's the over-under at for this game? It's at 52 last I saw. I would oh, wow. absolutely hammer that. Let's see. The over or the under? At 51 and a half. I would go over on that game. I think this could be another shootout. I could see it being, you know, 40-40 once again, easily. Um, I think that Cleveland had a better defense than Baltimore does this year. So I think the Chargers are going to be able to score points at will. I think they get one or two key stops on Lamar Jackson. Maybe he makes a, a mistake and throws an interception. Sometime he shouldn't. But yeah. I think the Chargers are just a really good team this year. And it's crazy to say, my brain kind of hurts thinking about that fact. You know, the Chargers I, have not been <laughs> good in so long. I can't even – I don't think they've been good in my lifetime. Yeah, I think I think the Chargers money line is a is a solid play here. It's I I, so. it's it's at least worth it to me to to shoot for it. But yeah, I agree with you. I think I think the over seems the over fifty two seems obvious, but it just yeah. scares me because it seems so obvious. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the only thing in this game being at Baltimore, how well do the Chargers travel all the way out here to the East Coast? Um, I think that could be an interesting point in this game. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And all that over and under takes to, to the over to not hit is, you know, like a one team to have long possessions, run the ball a lot. Especially if Baltimore, like last week, they they had a chance to go about the Pittsburgh Steelers as, as the most like continuous games with 100 rushing yards. They didn't do that because they didn't care. They were in a losing position. They had to throw the ball continuously. But if they are in a winning position against the, the Chargers this week and, you know, Lamar and company say, you know what, we'll run the clock out, like not give them the ball back. You never know. But right now, I, I agree with you guys. That over just seems too obvious. Like, you got to have it. Um, and but, real quick, real quick, yeah. Brad, just to uh, to answer your point, the Chargers did go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. And is Arrowhead, Arrowhead is one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. So I'd say they travel pretty well. Yep, absolutely. And um, this this game is going to be a fun game, as is the one we're going to about talk about right now, which is Cleveland against Arizona. Arizona Cardinals five and zero, the only team right now uh, with that record. Brad, I'm going to start with you on this. How- how unlikely or likely was that record at the start of the season? <laughs> I did not expect them to be 5-0. I thought coming in that the they could be a really good team. Um, I would have expected maybe 4-1 and one at this point. Um, I think the craziest thing to look back and say, this is probably a matchup of two playoff teams this year. Um, I know it's real early in the season to, to say that, but these are two really good football teams that I, I think have a, a really good shot at making the playoffs. Cleveland's coming off such a tough loss last week. Um, how they bounce back is really big, but, you know, it's a home game. The dog pound, you know, is always crazy. You know, people in Cleveland love to to get drunk at three or what is this? A four o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, you know, can't imagine how Cleveland doesn't win this game. To yeah. be honest. I think they just got to make an answer coming back. And I think the Cardinals will keep it close. But I think in the end, there will be no undefeated teams left after this week. 
and Mario, to his point, um, it's we've seen this with Cleveland. There are some games at home that that are very low scoring. You know, like the Raiders last year, the the Texans when they went to Cleveland, but also on paper, this game looks like it's it's going to be like the Baltimore Chargers game. It's just going to be free flowing, but. What are some things that prevent you from taking an over in this game, for instance? Is it the Cardinals last week only putting up 17 points? Or is it the fact that they gave up only 10 points? Or is there optimism with what Cleveland had to go through in Los Angeles? You know, I I am actually leaning towards the over in this game because it's at 50. Um, But, no, I I think you have a solid point there. Um, the Browns' defense has been very up and down, but they have some playmakers on that defense. And the Cardinals' offense, like, yes, they're 5-0, and but they've looked a bit shaky at times. Um, I mean, especially last week against the 49ers. Um, I expected the Cardinals to win but that by a lot more just because the 49ers are so injured right now. Um, yeah. And it, even against the Jaguars, ha- the Cardinals were – neck and neck in that game until they got that pick six on Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, yeah, I think there's something to be said. I I agree with Brad. I I think the Browns are going to win this game. They're favored by three, and I think they're going to cover that. Um, But, yeah, there's something to be said for the under in this game Uh, just because, one, the Cardinals' offenses look shaky. Two, the Browns' defense can be good. And three, the Browns' offense – is such a run-heavy offense that they can just eat up seven and a half minutes at a time for a drive. Yep, absolutely. And it'll be a big test for that Arizona run defense, um, for sure, in that game. Um, Which is good, I will say. The Cardinals do have a solid D-line. Yep, absolutely. And they've just kept on improving, and they're the only unbeaten team in – um, I'm going to ask both of you this. Do you think they're going to win the NFC West? Ooh, that's a really good question. I'm going to go no. I think the Rams are going to win it. Uh, there's a, They're only a game apart right now. I think the Rams are the more complete team. I think the Cardinals have looked better early, but I think the Rams are going to pull it out. I would agree with Mario on that point. I think the Rams are the cream of the crop in that division. I think the Cardinals will end up making a wild card spot, though. I could. I, yep, I, I, agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree with you guys as well. There's, there's that. I don't know. I, I agree with what you both are saying. There's this sort of established, you know, mental feeling about the Rams. Like they have an established quarterback. They have a pretty accomplished defense. They have really good weapons going forward. They have a run game. Arizona has all of that, but they're so new to this feeling. I guess is is what I'm trying to say. And you both hit on it. So. But it's going to be a good game, regardless, um, in Cleveland. Uh, Can I but... interrupt really quickly before we go into the next game? Yep. I just want to uh, treat you all to the best sound in the world. Oh, yes. The sound of... <laughs> all right. Now we can move on. <laughs> the mountains are blue. Um, and speaking of the mountains being blue, we, we'll talk about the Broncos. And they're at home again. Uh, and they're home again against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, this is another game where, you know, naturally your head would tilt towards the Raiders. But in recent weeks, 
like, you know, especially in their last game against Chicago, they couldn't muster up any offense. They looked very shaky going forward. Um, and they're going to have their hands full with Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, the way they played last week in Pittsburgh. But having said all that, you know, and the loss of John Gruden as well, um, which is a really big miss for the players, for the fans, and what a big change it is. Um, but Mario, I wanted to ask you, on the field, how do you think the Raiders are going to overcome their sort of offensive troubles and give that and try and give back some of that to the Denver Broncos defense? I mean, there's no question that the Raiders have a good offense. Or they have good players on the offense. Um, their passing game has really improved with Renfro and Ruggs this year, uh, and obviously Darren Waller. Um, yep. And they've got Josh Jacobs, who's a good runner. But I will say the, Bron- I, the Broncos' defense didn't look great against the Steelers last week, but the Broncos do have a good defense. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I could see this game going one of two ways. I think the Raiders could come out after all that's happened in their locker room the past week and come out and be amazing and just blow out the Broncos. Or I could just see them continuing to collapse and the Broncos get a much-needed win. Uh, So, yeah, I'm avoiding this game altogether from a betting aspect. But I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch. I agree. I agree with you, Mario. And Brad, before I get to you, I want to say, keep this in mind. Because to what he said, this offense has been so up and down. uh, But the Broncos, they did start. Their season three and zero. Let's not forget that. But against teams that were pretty bad last year, um, but what they did is they shut them down to like a low number of points. And then when you put put up say twenty twenty five, you make it seem comfortable. Can the Broncos do that? Well, first off, I would like to call Mario and uh, crack one open myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then. Second off, I think that the Raiders have a really good shot. I mean, they have a lot of offensive firepower. Denver, I'm going to attribute more of their early success to the teams they played being bad than the fact that they're really good. I think their defense is decent, but I think the Raiders have a much better offense. Um, Last week, Renfro had a few catches, but he didn't really get a whole lot going. You know, Ruggs had a couple deeper plays down the field that he did well on. But they were just completely out of sync, and I think the, the events of the previous week really threw them off entirely. And I think it'll have some effect on them this week, but I think they'll start to get it figured out a little bit. That It's not going to be kind of blindsiding them as much um, coming out. But I think that Las Vegas has a really good shot um, against Denver. I think they come out with the win, and I think Denver just kind of hits this October slump and just keeps going down. You know, I can see that, Brad, I can see that happening. But I will say, both of these teams started 3-0 and and have lost two straight. So they're both in desperate need of a win right now. So I think if I was going to make any bet on this game, the over-under is only at 44, which is pretty low. Uh, so I think because te- the teams are so desperate for a win, I, I could see the over-hitting. I could see them coming out, pulling out the trick plays and everything else. I could see that. I could see each team easily scoring 21 points. Like, that that would not be a surprise at all to me. 
Yep, absolutely. And this is, as you said, however, Mario, I'm going to take your advice from begin the, the first part of this uh, game preview, which is don't touch this game with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> because <laughs> I, no, it is so hard to predict. Uh, but yeah, there, as you said, there's something to prove on both sides and the, the Raiders are reeling. Um, but it, that's that's going to be an interesting game to watch out for. And then the final sort of afternoon game on that Sunday is from Foxborough. It's the Patriots against the Cowboys. And Mario, again, this is one of those games where you're not sure what... I, I, I would say I'm not sure what's going to happen because... Um, the New England defense held Tom Brady and the Bucks to 19 points. Um, and they lost that game slightly. Although it might have been just the kind of game it was. But it might be a completely different story against a high-powered, high uh, high-octane Dallas offense. Uh, which has an improved defense this year. The way Trayvon Diggs has been playing, uh, especially. But how, which way do you think this game's going to go? Uh, so I've got a pretty strong opinion about this game. And maybe I'm a little biased because I have Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper on my fantasy <laughs> team. Uh, but I, I think you're selling Dallas so short by only favoring them by, I think I've seen it between three and three and a half. I know it's an away game for Dallas. Uh, I know the Patriots held the Buccaneers close and had Nick Folk hit that field goal at the end, they would have won. Uh, but it was pouring down rain that entire game. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys are four and one, but they're five and zero oh against the spread. I think this is another game that the Cowboys cover. They win by more than the three or three and a half. New England, like I, I like Mac Jones. I think he's going to be decent, but New England cannot keep up. Dallas has so many weapons in the passing game. Zeke and Pollard have been just running over everybody. I, I don't think New England stands a chance in this game. I agree with you, Mario. And Brad, honestly, like what he said, the run game, especially with the way Zeke's been playing this year, I mean, he's taken a lot of stuff personally uh, that were said about him last year. And, and, you know, the combination with Tony Pollard, we talk about how good run games are, you know, the Cleveland run game with Hunt and Chubb. Uh, the Dallas run game this year is very good. New England don't have the similar kind of firepower in that sense. And even as far as wide receivers go, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and the way that Dak's been targeting Dalton Schultz uh, and Blake Jarwin as well, um, and the tight ends that the New England Patriots have. Do you do you see the clash of the tight ends being one way where this game's won or lost? <laughs> Boo. <laughs> well, <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to come down to the tight ends. I definitely think that the Cowboys have the advantage there, but I think the Cowboys have the advantage at every position on offense. Um, I think Dak Prescott could easily be the comeback player of the year in the NFL this season. I think that their offense is set up the most like it has been since Zeke and Dak were rookies and kind of just ran through that, that division and got into the playoffs with a really great record. So I I think we're starting to see the return of the Cowboys a little bit. I'm going to, not go as far to say that they're a top-tier team, but I think they are by far better than the New England Patriots are right now. I think looking to the future, the Patriots will be getting better every single week. But um, so far, Mac Jones, he's played as a solid quarterback. 
he hasn't made too many big mistakes. He hasn't lost them games, but it's just hard for me to see him going out and winning a game against this Dallas team. Yeah, I, I, I see that. And, and it, the only question for me in, in previous years with Dallas, especially last year with all the injuries they had and, you know, the problems with defense would be if the defense would stick up. But this year, they've been so good. I mean, they've been pretty decent. Trayvon Diggs, as I mentioned earlier, with all those interceptions. And they've seemed to stop run games pretty well. And the Patriots will have to rely on a good run game uh, against this Dallas uh, Dallas team. But do you see do you see the Cowboys winning their division? And can you possibly make a case for New England? Or are the Bills just too good right now? The Bills are just too good for New England. I don't think there's any competition there. I think New England might have gotten a little bit lucky with how bad Miami has been since Tua got injured. I thought that that would be a little closer for second place in that division um, with the Jets, you know, just a mile behind. But I think Dallas has got the division almost in hand. Um, you, you look at the football team, they're, you know, not doing great. They're okay. Um, their defense has been rather poor. Um, you look at the Giants, they're not doing a whole lot. Uh, Danny Dimes got injured. Um, who am I missing? Oh, the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, they're okay, but nothing special. I think Dallas is by far the best team in that division. I agree. I agree. I think the Eagles that come a year or two could be all right, but they're still putting their pieces together. Yeah, good good points all around. And, uh, I mean, we're all in unison as to who's probably going to win that one, um, which the same cannot be said about our Sunday night game which is at Pittsburgh, uh, Mario, your Steelers against the Seattle Seahawks, a wounded Seattle Seahawks with probably one one wing cut off with the loss of Russell Wilson. Um, but honestly, I want to ask you about this, right? The, the Seahawks have good weapons. They have Tyler Lockett. They have DK Metcalf. Uh, Chris Carson's been in and out. But they have they have a set of receivers they can throw to it. You know, you, Russell Wilson was starting to Swain and to tight end and all that. But do you think Geno Smith can have the same output in this game? And or is this a game for the Steelers defense to say we're here, we're finally here? Um, yeah. So like you said, I'm clearly biased in this game. <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> this is a game. So the Steelers are favored by five. This is a game that the Steelers should win by two touchdowns or more with Russell Wilson out and how bad the Seahawks defense is. But this is also the exact type of game that the Steelers love to blow. <laughs> um, Geno Smith looked all right last week. He looked better than I thought he would. But, I mean, the Steelers defense is really good. And I just I, – I would hope Geno Smith doesn't do much against them. Um, the Steelers started to establish Najee Harris last week, and I, I hope they continue to do so. So, like I said, I think this is a game the Steelers should run away with. But it's also the game but they probably would blow. It scares the living crap out of me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But, you know, you mentioned a couple of good things there. The Najee Harris sort of rise to, clay, rise to fame. He's been such a good resource for them. Uh, and Chase Claypool, he came back from, from an injury and to, uh, got a touchdown pass this week. Um, and, and, you know, crucial crucial win against uh, against the Broncos team. And it, it had to be done because 
you know, the loss to the Packers in the previous week. But Brad, is there do you see any way of the Seahawks, you know, going there and maybe establishing a game, maybe an air game, especially, you know, um, with the likes of Metcalf, Metcalf Lockett, uh, the way the sort of deep balls that they like getting from Russell Wilson. Do you think Geno Smith can have that same output or? Well, I'll put it to you this way. For his career, Geno Smith has 30 touchdown passes and 37 interceptions. <laughs> Oof. Oof, I didn't Not a that. great look. <laughs> no. But he's also throwing to the best receivers that he's ever had on his team. So I don't think it's all going to be on him necessarily um, to play well. I, I think the likes of DK Metcalf and Lockett can certainly help their game. But I think this game is more about the Steelers not losing it than the um, Seahawks' ability to go win a game. Um, I think the Steelers clearly have the better talent with Russell Wilson being out. So I think that at the end of the day, Geno Smith doesn't really have much of a chance unless the Steelers just hand it to him. And I will say, I think, uh, so the Steelers are favored by five, which I would very hesitantly take. But I think my two favorite bets on this game are the over 42 and a half. 42 and a half is a very low over. Yep. And I, I think the Steelers offense is hopefully maybe starting to put some things together. So they'll put up some points. And the Seahawks do have enough weapons on offense that I could see them putting up at least a few points and contributing to that over. Uh, but the other bet that I really like, which I haven't seen the player props come out for this game yet. So I don't know what the over is set to. But I think the Steelers are really going to start and continue to lean on Najee Harris to run the ball. So if I if his over-under yards are anywhere below 90, I would take the over. I could see him rushing for another 100-yard game. Yep, and, and you know, this, uh, you touched on it. The Seahawks' defense, they don't like – they're not pretty – they're not that good in general. And, and you know, the, the Steelers' run game with Najee Harris has been pretty good. I do think the Steelers are going to – come out uh, victorious in this game, but it's going to be, it, it's going to be up to the Steelers, whether they make it close or not, or whether they try and give Seattle the honors or not. I don't think Seattle is in a position in the driver's seat. Uh, it would have been a different story with Russell Wilson, but he's out for four or five weeks. So this is Geno Smith's first big test um, in Seattle. And I, I, I think he's not going to make it <laughs> in this first game. I hope but not. <laughs> moving from one primetime game to another, um, Tennessee against Buffalo. And, you know, I don't know what to make of Tennessee this year. They lose to the Jets, which is the cardinal sin. You don't lose to the Jets. Um, and, and, and you know, they have – and then they win in – they won at Seattle. Russell, Wilson's, Russell Wilson was on the field for that one. They, they beat the Jags pretty badly last week. They look like they're favorites in the AFC South. But what questions do you have, Mario, about this team, whether they're to make a really good playoffs run down the stretch? I I don't have questions because I don't think they're going to make a playoff run. Um, all I have to say in this game is Bills minus five and a half. That's it. <laughs> the Bills are going to run away with this game. Period. It seems pretty low. Yeah, I, I thought it would be closer to six and a half or seven. But, I mean, the Titans are at home, but 
the Titans aren't known to have a great home field advantage. So Bills minus five and a half. Brad, what do you think? I would agree with you there. I think that the Titans are going to make the playoffs because of the division they're in. But their best player is their running back. And I don't foresee them being able to keep running the football with how quickly the Bills are going to be scoring. I think the Bills put up a lot of points and it's all on the Titans to try to keep pace. And I don't think they do. Yeah, one of the bets I I took notes of, and again, the line isn't out for what the over-under rush yards are going to be, but I'm leaning heavily towards the under for Derrick Henry's total rush yards. Uh, The Bills' run defense is good, and the Titans are just going to fall behind too quickly. Yeah, and, and, you know, as you guys just mentioned, all the sort of stones are stacked against the Titans. Uh, Remember, they... At the home field advantage is such a huge thing. If this game was in Western New York, it would, wouldn't even be a question. But even for Tennessee, they've had the Cardinals at home, who are a pretty good team, and they lost 38-13 to 13 at home. So clearly the Buffalo Bills, especially after overturning the Chiefs last week, will be looking to do the same uh, this week. And I, I wouldn't bet against it. That minus 5.5 seems pretty low, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Josh Allen and company... And, you know, he loves he loves his receivers. I mean, the, you saw the partnership they had with each other, Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen last year. But now he has Emmanuel Sanders, who sort of had a renaissance. And then, of course, um, the tight end Dawson Knox is enjoying a few catches here and there uh, and getting into the end zone. So that offense is sticking. The defense is growing in confidence every week. And those are our games for this week. And obviously, the, the Falcons... The Saints, the Jets, and the 49ers are all on bye this week. I, I'm, I'm not sure any of you guys are going to miss watching the Jets this week. No, um, I'm going to predict that none of those teams are going to lose this week. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just just a quick word on uh, any of those teams. Um, we'll, I, I'm going to start with the Saints, actually. They, they played really well against Green Bay in their first week, and then they lose to the Giants. You know, Jameis is still sort of getting his feet under the table in New Orleans. So, it's it's still, I mean, Tampa Bay is going to win that division. But the Saints really need to step into gear to win uh, to get that second spot and potentially a playoff place. What do you guys think about the other teams that are on by? Uh, the Falcons and the Jets aren't good. And the 49ers would be good if they weren't so injured. <laughs> so, that's, that's what about the story the last two years for the 49ers. They just can't – like, I don't know who their strength and conditioning coach is, but he does not keep them very healthy, that's for sure. And then yeah. I love watching Jameis Winston play football because you never know what to expect. It's like a, it's like a jackpot or, like, trying to pick out the it's, – it's, it's like a draw. It's like a lucky draw. You don't know which Jameis is going to show up. Um, but I agree. You know, Trey Lance – is injured. <laughs> they ha- they have issues now, especially with Garoppolo out himself. But that was our preview of this weekend, and now we'll move on to one thing we do from this weekend. One particular thing that you and, and of course a bold prediction as well. So I'm looking for two predictions here, um, and we'll start off with you, Mario. What do you think is going to happen this weekend? That one is expected, and one is completely not. So, I guess one thing I'm looking forward to this week, I don't know if it's expected or not, but I think the Chargers are a damn good team, 
And I think this week is really going to solidify that one way or another. If the Chargers can beat the Ravens, I think that solidifies that they're a great team. If the Ravens come out on top, I think the Chargers are still good, but maybe not as dominant as what they're showing right now. Yep. Agreed. Brad? I'm really looking forward to the uh, the Chicago Green Bay game. Uh, not necessarily seeing who's going to win, but I want to see how Justin Fields plays. This is one of the biggest games of the year for Chicago. And if they can come out of there with a win or playing well, I think Chicago has a really bright looking future. Um, also looking at it right now, a ticket for that game is $240 for the cheapest one. That's oh. almost double the price of the next closest ticket. So I think it could be an electric atmosphere there in Chicago. And, you know, you never know what happens. Well, I'll tell you guys what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the Steelers this week playing with a little, well, well, a little bit less pressure than they normally would against a big team like Seattle, especially with the loss of Russell Wilson. But I want to see their offense tick. Uh, we saw little glimpses of it last week against Denver. Um, I want to see Ben Roethlisberger sort of take this team on his shoulders like he did throughout his career. Uh, of course, the last couple of seasons have been different, but he has the weapons. Of course, Juju's out now for a while, probably until the end of the season. So it's time for Chase Claypool and company to step up, and I want to see them show why they deserve uh, to be you know, in the playoffs because we, I, I think Baltimore is going to win that division, and I, and, and I hope the Steelers can, can do well and make a second position in that division. So that's what I'm looking forward to. But in terms of bets, now – I want I want you guys to tell me a bet that you should lock in, a bet that wins you easy money for this weekend. Mario, I'm going to start with you. What's what's a bet that you think should be locked in? My number one bet that everybody should take this week, it's a large spread. It's a lot of points to cover, but Rams minus nine and a half against the Giants. The <laughs> Giants just cannot keep up. They're so injured. They don't stand a chance. I agree with that. I mean, they they lost by what twenty something at the Cowboys, and this Rams offense is just high powered, equally high powered, and and you know I I can see that bet for sure hitting. What about you, Brad? Well, my bet is kind of an interesting one. It's on our game here for Thursday. I'm looking at the over fifty two and a half. When I look at the Bucks alone this season. They have scored 31, 48, 34, 19, and 45. So the only game that wouldn't even be close would have been that 19, and that was in the pouring rain in New England. Any conditions uh, they've played in that are good, they've scored tons of points. You know, they only need a couple of touchdowns from the other team. I think it works out well. I just looked it up. The weather in Philly tomorrow night is supposed to be beautiful. So I have a feeling it's going to be a lot of points in that game. A good game to throw if you're Tom Brady – and Jalen Hurts less, but uh, I agree with you on that because it's just it's just so obvious with the way they've been scoring 30, 40 points with no trouble. Uh, and, and, you know, the Patriots are one an- anomaly, but that game was in the rain. It was against a, a team that ran the ball a lot. It was a slower game than normal. I don't think the Eagles are going to keep it that slow. But here's a bet that I think could be a lock-in, and that is... Washington plus four against the Chiefs at plus 180. And now hear me out. 
the reason why I looked at this was because obviously Tyreek Hill is questionable. Uh, they're saying it's a quad injury, which depending on the severity, he might not play. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out. And the Chiefs definitely, uh, the defense has been giving up tons of points. Uh, not to say that the Washington team could, could completely capitalize on that, but they could keep it within one score. And that's why I think this is a good bet to take. I, I don't hate that. I don't know if I like it, but I don't hate it. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. I don't know if I'd call that my lock of the week, but that I, it's an it's an interesting one. It's a little sure. bit of a risk, but I I think I think that that's pretty close to hitting. We'll talk, we'll see what happens at the end of this week. But one one thing I'm really interested to hearing from both of you is your one really bold bet. And remember, the rules of this bet is we have a bet every week that has to be at least a plus 200 to qualify for this. So, Mari, I'm going to start with you. What is your one really bold bet for this weekend? Yeah, so my long shot is I'm taking the Bills on an alternate spread. So they're favored by five and a half. I'm going to take them at minus 13 and a half at plus 230. So I like them to win by two touchdowns at least. I could see that. Honestly, that that could almost be a locked in bet with the way they're playing. And they beat the Chiefs by 18. Um, and, and Brad, what, what about you? Oh, mine? I'm kind of piggybacking off of yours. I'm liking the football team money line over the Chiefs. It's plus wow. 225 right now. You know, Washington, their offense has been playing well. That defense was supposed to be really good. Hasn't played well. It's about time for him to step up and have a good game. Oh, wow. The, the, this is this is what I really love about this uh, sec- segment is that we get to see what ludicrous logic everyone has. But somehow <laughs> your bets are making sense. <laughs> but finally, I'm going to tell you mine. It's Tom Brady to have 400 passing yards, 35 completions for plus 2,000. So wow, that I mean that that's something I'm I've looked at because especially because he threw for 400 at Miami. As I said, it's going to be a fast-paced game in Philadelphia. I do think he can hit both of those, and at plus 2,000, oh my God! If 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 you have a dollar or or a few to spare, just throw it out there. <laughs> um, I I actually like that. I well, I actually like that. I love that. And being my fantasy team, thanks you. <laughs> well, not mine because I'm up against Brady <laughs> this week. So I hope, I, I hope that bet doesn't. doesn't hey, you gotta win-win either way, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, absolutely. Um, All right, Bean. How about we uh we finish up with our bold take of the week? So it can be about this week. It can be about the season, but just one bold take that we all have. All right. Well, I'm gonna start off. And I'm going to say that the Chargers are going to make the playoffs and they're going to finish second in the AFC West. Oh. I I really do think that. I, I think the way the offense is sticking right now, they have a they have a coach who's believing in the scheme. They're they they look they look good right now. They, and their defense, you know, bar the Cleveland game, they look like they can make stops when needed, crucial third down stops. And the offense with Justin Herbert, Eckler, um, Keenan Allen, Williams, there's so much production there right now. If they play lights out, I do feel like they could get second second place in the AFC West. 
Um, so you think you think the Chiefs are going to come back and end up finishing with a better record than them? I do think so. I I do think so. It's it's a long season. I I think the the Chiefs could top that division with a th- eleven and five. Um, with if they keep uh, the way the division is, they just keep beating up each other. Um, but I do think the Chiefs are going to recover from this, and Chargers are going to finish second. You know so that sorry, is Broncos a bold take. And, that is a bold take, and I I don't like it. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Chargers are going to run away with that division. But uh, Brad, I'm curious for yours. Well, I'm with you there, Mario. And I'm going to pick the team with the third best odds to win the NFL championship this year, the Kansas City Chiefs, and tell you they are not going to make the playoffs at all. Wow. They're not going to make a wild card. I could see this team easily getting to six or seven losses and missing out. I mean, you think about it. They got three losses already. I haven't looked exactly at their schedule yet. Let me pull that up right now. I'll give you a a quick little synopsis, but there's no way that a team starts out as poorly as they do. And it's not even like they're losing games. Like they should have lost to Cleveland, um, you know, off of one crazy blocked punt, you know, all this stuff happens, but I'm pulling up their schedule right now. So they've got the giants coming up. That should be a win, but they lose to the Packers. So that's a fourth win. They lose to, they could beat the Raiders. They lose to the Cowboys. That's five. They beat the Broncos. They got the Raiders. They got the Chargers. So that's a sixth loss to me. The Steelers could be a seventh loss. The Bengals could be an eighth loss. I mean, this team could easily lose eight games and miss out. Wow, that's wow, also a year another ago, bold I couldn't take. imagine the Steelers. Uh, sorry, the the Chiefs losing to the Bengals, and now there's like a chance, <laughs> right? I mean, wow. you never know. I mean, crazy, th- crazier things have happened. I don't know yeah. that I necessarily agree with either of you, but I love the bold takes. I do. <laughs> Uh, mine is a little more short-sighted than yours, um, but my bold take is that Trevor Lawrence is going to put the Jaguars on his shoulders this week and dominate the Miami Dolphins and lead them to their first win. Yeah, lo- take Trevor Lawrence taking control in London. I, yep. I could see that. Um, Miami is still finding her feet a little bit. And, you know, without if they're potentially without Brissett, like that big leader in the offense not going to be there. Trevor Lawrence could really like put what's going on off the field with Urban Meyer beyond it and, and just completely play lights out. And to be honest, he's made some good deep throws. I don't know, man. I think the only thing that Trevor Lawrence can put on his shoulders is those luscious locks. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a great week. We'll see which one of us end up looking like the lunatic at the end of this week. But great, some some great games to look forward to, some great picks from, from you guys. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We are the DGENs, and we talk NFL football, and we'll be back next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.